Hi, you're listening to Eternal Stance. I hope this message inspires you to live in light of eternity. You're not here for the last few weeks. We've been talking about our, our purpose and our mission statement. And if we can boil it down, it was four different things. We want in our youth ministry everyone to know God. That is the first and most important thing that we do here every single Friday night is we, we hope that through every sermon, through every single worship session, through every single small group, you get to know God, right? The second thing we hope that you find and you start living in freedom, be it from addiction, be it from, you know, body image, be it from certain kind of like character uh, dysfunctions, you could say, uh, be it through certain, you know, sins in your life that are holding you hostage. We want you to find freedom and live in freedom. That's the second part of our mission statement. The third part about this is we want you to find purpose. We want you to live with the calling God is giving you. And the last part that we kind of focus on today is we want you to make a difference. We want you to leave a legacy of godliness and not a legacy of brokenness. We want you to stand up and say, even I don't care about how my parents were. I don't care how my mom or my dad and the brokenness that I saw or dysfunction that I saw in my family. I will choose. As for me and my house, we will choose to serve the Lord. Just like Joshua said. Right? We want you to stand up and rise up to the occasion and say, I don't care what happened before me, but I know that I will stand in this generation and proclaim the gospel. I will stand in this generation and say, God, you called me for such a time as this. Amen? You called me for such a time as this, and I will be God's general in our time. I will be a Gideon. I will be a Moses. I will be a Joseph. I will be a David. I will be a, a you know, a Augustine and a Luther of my generation. I will be a David Wilkerson and a Le- Leonard Ravenhill and A.W. Tozer and a Dietrich Bonhoeffer of my generation, of my people that I, I live with. That is what we're called to. So if you have your Bibles, would you, would you open to um, this amazing passage that, um, you know, Paul writes to Timothy, and it's quite a lengthy pa- passage, but I think it's very important. Um, it's in 1 Timothy, and I believe it's 1.11. For some reason, I'm actually mixed. Uh, I mixed, I didn't actually put the, the passages on here. But he says this, if, if, you, if you don't have it open, that's okay, just listen. Actually, um, I got it. So it's 1 Timothy 6.3. So 1 Timothy 6.3, I kind of got these mixed. Uh, but Paul is speaking to Timothy, and he says, Watch out for people to come to deceive you. Watch out for people to preach a different gospel than the gospel that you were called to listen to and fulfill. And he says in 1 Timothy 6.3, he's kind of giving him, uh, Paul's getting older now and he's about to pass into eternity. He kind of sees that the end is very near. So he gives, you know, this, this you could say, passing on the torch, right? Paul is speaking to Timothy saying, hey, you, I, I invested so much into you, but I hope that you carry this call, that you carry this legacy that I started, right? And he says this, in 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy 6.3 says this, So people might contradict our teachings, or teaching. But these are the wholesome teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. These te- teachings promote a godly life. Anyone who teaches something different, it is arrogant. he is arrogant, or is arrogant, and lacks understanding. Such a person has an unhealthy desire to quibble, over the meaning of the words. 
This stirs up arguments ending in jealousy, division, slander, and evil suspicion. These people always cause trouble. Their minds are corrupt, and they have turned their backs on the truth. To them, a show of godliness is just a way to become wealthy. Number six, he says this, yet true godliness, and I want you to remember this, yet true godliness with contentment in itself great wealth. After all, we brought nothing uh, with us when we came into the world, and we can't take anything with us when we leave it. So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. But people who long to be rich fall into temptations, are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plague them into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. He goes on to verse 11 says this, but you, Timothy, are a man of God. So run from all these evil things. Pursue righteousness with godly life, along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight for the true faith. Hold tightly, hold tightly to the eternal life to which God has called you, which you have declared so well before many witnesses. And I charge you before God who gives life uh, to all and before Jesus Christ who gave a good testimony before Pilate that you obey this command without wavering, that no one can find fault with you from now until our Lord Jesus Christ come, comes again. He goes on to say in verse 16, or 15 rather, for at just the right time, Christ will be revealed from heaven by the blessed and only Almighty God and the kings of all kings and the Lord of all lords. He alone can never die. And he lives in light so brilliant and no human can approach him. No human eye has ever seen him nor ever will. All honor and power to him forever. Amen. All power to, to him Forever, amen. So he's giving his final remarks. He's giving, you know, Timothy certain instructions. And some of the things that he's saying is, look, do not get into this kind of mentality where you start arguing with people about things that really don't matter. Don't get into, you know, jealousy fights and don't get into arguments that really don't have any point of your life. Because, Timothy, at the end of your life, all that will matter is what kind of legacy do you leave? What kind of life you've, you've, You've left your behind. What kind of, you know, um, you know, what kind of reputation you've built as a godly person? And what kind of eternity will you face? Those are the only two things that will matter. So if you are finding yourself in this place and maybe you're not really sure what direction your life is taken in, uh, wh wh where you're going, I really encourage you that you take step back for a second, get off your phone for a minute and think about, not that you are on the phone, I'm just saying like slow down in your real life, right? You know, because we, we are so busy on our phones or so busy on our, you know, appointments. We're so busy on the things that we do, right? Slow down a bit and say, what is my life really about? And what kind of legacy am I going to leave behind me? And what kind of eternity will I face? It's interesting to me that a lot of times when we go and pursue an education, right? We want to be a doctor for, let's say, 40, 50 years because then you re retire. And people spend 14 years in school just to be a surgeon. 
That's a long investment. But for some reason, we never really sit down to pause and say, what does my eternity look like? <laughs> what kind of legacy if, you know, take, for example, Vadim Polishuk, his name, right? When people look back, what will they say about his name? A hundred years from now, all of us will be dead. Newsflash for all of us, right? Mortality rate for all of us is 100%, unless Jesus comes soon, right? But we don't really like to think about that. People go day by day not really thinking that you can, I can walk out of this place and get hit by a bus and see Jesus real quick. Right? Like, we don't really think that, you know, I've heard this said that eternity runs alongside your life. You can cross over any minute or any second or any millisecond. I heard the story of a preacher who was preaching. He says, he says to his congregation, like, I could die right now. And he died right then. <laughs> At least he was prepared. We don't know how much any of us have, and we should be thinking about this. What kind of legacy do we leave behind? And what kind of eternity do we face? And, and it's interesting, because when I was growing up, I was about 18, and I, I, Lord forgive me for saying this, but I hate country music. Like, I can't stand country music. I know. Sorry. According to Joel Stockseal, that's the spirit of depression. No, I'm joking. <laughs> No, but, and the thing is, is that I don't really like country music, but there's this one song, right? Actually, there's two songs. Jesus Take the Wheel. Everyone knows that one. And, well, but this is one particular song that I, somehow I just love so much. And, you know, I'm going to, you know, read it to you because it's important. <laughs> um, but it's by, I don't know who wrote it, but Randy Travis uh, sings it. And I'll read you the... The lyrics, and I'm not sure, a lot of times you listen to music, and you're like, oh, I like this song, but you don't really know why, and then you realize the lyrics are really powerful. I'm going to try not to sing, because I'm not very good at that, but um, he goes on to say this, okay? A farmer and a teacher, a hooker and a preacher, riding on a midnight bus bound from Mexico. One, once headed for vacation, I'm guessing that would be uh, the farmer, one for higher education, I'm guessing that would be the teacher, and two of them were searching for lost souls. The preacher and the hooker, they're both searching for lost souls, right? He goes on to say, that driver never ever saw the stop sign, and 18 wheelers can't stop on a dime. So there was an accident. He goes on to say, there are three wooden crosses, on the right side of the highway. Why there's not four of them, heaven only knows. I guess it's not what you take when you leave this world behind. It is what you leave behind when you go. He goes on to say, the farmer left a harvest, a home in 80 acres, the faith and love for growing things in his young son's heart. A teacher, or that teacher, left her wisdom in the minds of lots of children and did her best to give them all a better start. And that preacher, whispered, can't you see the promised land as he laid his bloodstained Bible in the hooker's hand? Okay, so, so the preacher, the preacher, the farmer, and the teacher all die, and the preacher takes the, his bloodstained Bible and gives it to the hooker and says, can't you see the promised land? He goes, goes on to say this, 
That's the story that our preacher told last Sunday as he held that blood-stained blood, oh, blood Bible up for, every, for everyone to see or for all of us to see. He said, bless the farmer, bless the teacher, and the preacher who gave this Bible to my mama who gave it to me. Turns out, the prostitute had a son who became the preacher because of her godliness post what happened on our bus. And then he goes on, it's not, you know, what you take with you, it's, it's what you leave behind when you go. I thought about that a lot growing up, and I've always wondered exactly, what do I leave behind? I, I don't know how much time, you know, I, I look at my life, and I'm 32 now, I know, it's a long time. Um, but every single time, growing up since I was 16, I've always looked at every single opportunity, every single person that I talked to. I looked at them and I didn't look at them as, as people that are in front of me. I looked at them, okay, this is a person who there's a potential of me knowing for eternity. You come in here and you, you're at service and then you go on Wednesday, you have small group. And a lot of times I think we lose sight and we, we get mad at people and we are willing to break relationships for $100 because someone said this and that. Or you're willing to break relationships for things that are extremely dumb. I want to remind you, the person right next to you is eternal. I want to remind you that what you do here today impacts the people around you. C.S. Lewis says that every single person that you meet is immortal and you either draw them closer to Christ and to the kingdom of light or you pull them farther to, to darkness in the kingdom of dark every with every single word that we say every single action that we do we either pull people closer to Christ or we push them farther away now that's some that's some crazy responsibility that Christ has given us I'm not sure about you, but I've made my decision. That is that I will go to my grave looking at every single person saying, how can I pull this person closer to Christ? I've made my decision that every single sermon that I preach, I, I, a lot of times when I come up here, I'm like, is the sermon that I'm going to preach tonight, if that was the last words that I would ever preach, would I be okay with that? If the conversation that I had this morning at the office with my coworkers, if that was the last conversation that I had with them, did I make a difference in their life? Have I, have I pulled them closer to Christ? Have I pulled them closer to the kingdom of God? Have I impacted their life closer to the kingdom of light? And in light of that, I have no more time to be bitter. I have no more time to be in silly fights that really don't matter. I have no more time to, to, to deal with unforgiveness and, and to deal with, with things that, in light of eternity, don't make, don't make any sense. What we leave behind is usually a sum of every single decision, every single word, every single action that we, we did. Every single moment, the way we spent it, 
Now, you might not have a lot of control over what you think. A lot of times, your thoughts and the enemy attacks you and brings thoughts into your mind. But you have an opportunity and you have a choice on where you spend your time and what you say back. You don't have a choice on how people treat you, but you have a choice on how you treat them. You can't save the world, but you can pray for the world to be saved. You can actually reach the world with, with your hands and feet. You can hug and be, let Jesus be, you know, and, and, and move through you. Those things we can do. A lot of times people come up to me and trust me, I, I am not, I don't have all the answers. And if you thought, I, a lot of times I, I, somebody asks me a question, I have no idea what to say. And I'm like, Lord, I, I really, really need an answer right now. I got to talk. Like, I really need a, God, I need you. And, and like this person's like, so what do you think? And I, I'm completely blank. And then something out of me starts speaking and they're like, oh, that's really good. And I'm like, I have no idea what I just said, but apparently it's good. So what I want to tell you is not that like I'm, I'm this smart guy and if, you know, the more you walk with Christ, the more you realize how much you don't know. And the more you realize how, how weak you are, how much time you give into things that you shouldn't be giving yourself in, the more you walk with Christ, it's only going to reveal all the weaknesses that you, and the desperation that you have for Him. You'll never get to a point like, I got this figured out you will have to rely on Him daily. Let, scratch that. You will have to rely on Him every second of your life. He wants you to be, be dependent on Him. He doesn't want me to know everything. He, he says, you will get that answer. Remember in that passage, it says you'll get the answer when you actually are standing before those, those authorities and the Holy Spirit will quicken you and you'll be able to say what you're supposed to say. And when Peter and all these apostles will get in front of these authorities, they would be like, well, these are people who fish for a living. How are they so smart? What they aren't is the Holy Spirit speaking through them. In those moments, God will, will speak. Last few weeks, I, I confess some things. I think having my birthday, I think it makes you realize a lot of things that you should be doing differently. And um, I got to confess, a lot of times I was... I was so infatuated with building a, a huge system and a machine to reach as many people. And that's a, that's a good thing. We want to reach as many people. Like a businessman, right? Like he wants to make the least amount of investment to get the most return. But it just so happens then the kingdom doesn't really work like that. You bring your little and God multiplies it. You know, God can do amazing things with, you know, I don't know, like uh, five loaves and two fishes brought by people that were not even counted in the 5,000 men. <laughs> Isn't that weird? How people looked around like, oh yeah, we have 5,000 people today. But they didn't count the, the kids and the, and the women. And then their food came through a kid that nobody even counted. Oh, he doesn't matter. He can't really do anything. Yeah, well, you just, all of you, you just had your lunch by that kid. God can do humongous things through with the little that you give him. And uh, last few weeks, I would say that he's been literally setting appointments. I call them divine appointments because I have no idea how to, how to describe them. And I start seeing everyone around me, you know, people that are really close to me, and I never knew that this, they're suicidal. 
a kid uh, walking into a Starbucks just last Saturday, and this kid is sitting down there, and I mistook him for somebody else. I'm like, you know, I called his name, but that obviously wasn't him. And I see a Bible on his desk. He's like, oh, bro, I'm not, I'm not that person. I'm like, bro, you're a Christian. He's like, yeah, I'm a Christian. And somehow it turns into one and a half hours of, of talking. You know, we, I sit down, and he's like, yeah, man, I, the Lord's been really speaking to me. Like, I'm, I'm really trying to become a pastor, but I don't really know anybody there's a pastor and like, and I'm like, bro, I'm a pastor. So I start to like, to talk to him about it. And out of that conversation, what he got out of it is, is kind of like a plan of, of someone who's done that before. What I got out of that conversation is this kid, right? Who tells me, Slavik, I don't want to live the kind of Christianity that most Christians want to live. I want to know my Starbucks barista. I want to know the people that I go encounter every single day. So I go to Starbucks, Slavik, and I go, Austin, you're coming to my small group, and my, my small group. And he's like, no, bro, I'm not coming to you. What are you doing? He's like, bro, you're coming. Jesus is coming, bro. Like, and to see this passion that he has for people, and then I, I, I watch him because he actually works at the Starbucks, right? And to see how he interacts with people and how he, he, you know, he talks to them. And it's not just, hey, what kind of coffee do you want? But like, do you see that passion? I'm like, I lost that. I, I was so focused on building this big thing that I, I forgot about ministering to the person right next to me and the people that are around me. I had, I had a heart. And I'm like, God, what am I doing? Like, I, I'm so focused on these big dreams. And I'm like, God, I'm missing out on the people around me. God, don't let me do this. And then one by one, I'm... I'm I'm honest with you, like every single day, there's some kind of person that calls me and we have a two hour conversation saying, it's like, I don't know why, but I felt like I'm really desperate right now and I really need to talk to you. And I'm like, oh, I know you're calling because this has been happening last, last, you know, couple weeks. Just being present and hearing and being open to the Holy Spirit moving in you. It matters what kind of legacy you leave. It also matters what kind of eternity you face. You see, there's this beautiful passage in, in, um, in Colossians 1.24. He says, 24, actually 27 says, For God wanted them, or people to know the message, or the richness and glory of Christ, for basically all the Gentiles and all the Jews too. And he says, and this is the secret, the Christ who lives in you, this, this gives you assurance of sharing in His glory. And what he's saying is, look, if Christ lives in you, if you've made provision, if you open up your heart and you allow Christ to be part of who you are, then ultimately you get to have an eternal life. You get to share with Him in His glory. What kind of legacy you leave is, is based on what kind of investments you make. Do you make investments that are very temporary or do you make investments that are eternal? But what kind of eternity do you face? It all depends on who you know. And I am so glad that we know God, the defeated death, the resurrected, 
And now he is eternal. And, and a lot of times when I, when I talk to people and they're like, well, so how do you do this? And I'm like, I don't know. I just throw myself at his, at his mercy and grace. And yeah, I fall every single day and I sin every single day. And I'm, God, I'm like, God, how many times have I been here before? God, I need your help and I'm so desperate. And the only thing that I hear constantly is this, my grace is sufficient. My mercy is enough. Come to me. Because my burden is light and my yoke is easy and I will give you rest. That is the only thing that I, I have. And if I were to look at my life for the last 32 years, God has been blessing to see the brokenness that God has brought me through, to see all the things that what He was raising me. I'm like, every single time I get to speak in front of people, I'm like, God, you know I'm not worthy. And you know, and God says, you were never worthy to begin with. But I loved you. I cared for you and you will make a difference. Your life will matter. Just throw yourself on my mercy. And that's what my bet is. I'm all in. I'm completely in. So God, I don't, I can't really trust on myself. God, all I can do is just throw myself at your mercy. And I know, I know who's delivered me and who's going to sustain me. And the same grace that delivered me will sustain me. That's how I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it through. I'm gonna, and regardless of what happens around us, that's the decision that I made. So I'm gonna call you. We have 10 minutes left. I'm gonna go back into worship, but <clears throat> we're gonna be done exactly in 10 minutes, nine o'clock, and you'll get to fellowship. But I want to ask you that if you have not considered the legacy of your life, that you do that and worship today. And if you can, I'd love to pray with you. Be bold. Come to the altar. If you have not considered what kind of eternity you have, you are facing, would you say, Lord, I haven't really thought this through. God, I, I want to just throw myself at your mercy. God, you see the difficulty. You see the things that I'm going through. God, I need your presence. God, I need, I need you to change me and transform me. So would you be bold today if you, if we're gonna be up here and we're gonna dismiss in exactly 10 minutes, but spend some time with the Lord. I, I encourage you to leave everything behind and come, maybe leave your phone with whoever on your purse or whatever and come to the front and say, God, I need you right now. I wanna leave a legacy of godliness. Thank you for listening to Eternal Stance. My hope is that these messages will help you to live in light of eternity. If this podcast is a blessing to you, would you share with other people? Thank you in advance, and until next time, God bless you.